Chris Friesen. How's it going, Ben? Good, you? Pretty good, pretty good, except I was having some mic issues. Sound pretty good now. Yeah, that's pretty good. I'm just not going to move my mouse. That's a good idea. Yeah. Man, September 28th, 1987. That's my birthday. That is your birthday. And you've never told me that's your birthday. Really? Nope. Huh. Interesting. The internet's a powerful thing, my friend. Wait, the internet told you my birthday? The internet told me your birthday, and a heck of a lot more. Wow, I'm pretty sure that I don't have my birthday on anything. So that's pretty impressive. You know all that Mennonite stuff that gets brushed under the rug? Yeah. Man, I found the rug, and I lifted it up, and I uh, I got some stuff figured out. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Detective work, Ben. Dude, I I know we were going to talk about Gimli today. That was- um, I think the tables are going to turn a little bit. Okay. I'm gonna tell I'm gonna tell you a little bit about your life story and uh, some of the stuff that I've discovered. So this is uh, it's gonna be a pretty heavy episode, man. Um, I, I I did a lot of a lot of looking based on some of the stuff that that we had talked about, saying um, you know what if we could get in touch with certain people and. Uh, talked with Owen and I, I talked with Mickey as well um, so we'll talk a little bit about what they said and uh, ended up going through some newspaper archives like we had talked about before and uh, I found yeah. out some, some some pretty interesting things so um, found out stuff on Wednesday it's a little bit weird right now I, I feel like it's springtime and I haven't been on my bike all winter and because uh, we haven't recorded in about two weeks and so yeah, i feel like do i even know how to ride anymore but uh, <laughs> we'll figure it out we'll see how this goes i'm ben grenell and this is character episode seven lifting the rug So I don't even know where to start. Um, talked with Owen. Um, dude, your brother's a good guy. He's got a good heart. Yeah. He does. He really does. Um, it was interesting to get his perspective because he spent different time with your mom and he's got different memories of your mom, uh, as does Mickey, and Mickey has different memories of your grandpa. So. Maybe what I'll do is I'll share a little bit about what they said later on, but uh, maybe we can start in the way that you started at square one with me. I'm going to start at square one with you of what what I found out, and we'll go from there. Okay, okay, sounds good. 
it's going to be pretty heavy, man. Um, I've got a, uh, I've got some fidget thing in front of me, so uh, yeah, I'm ready. I've been I've been thinking about this this all week of how we can talk about it because it's going to be hard for me to talk about, and I'm sure it's going to be hard for you to to hear. And if for any reason you want to stop recording or want to uh, don't want to release any of this stuff, I get it, man. Just like let's just tell me, um, fully okay. respect it. So. Why don't we start at square one? Sure. I've got five newspaper articles. So I don't remember if it was – it would have been episode five, I think, that you started talking a little bit about your grandma and she had three kids. Yeah. And every time she had a kid, she went away. Yeah. Right? Yeah. And so from that, that was the first time that you had told me your mom's name. Yes. Or told me, told everybody, told everyone who's been listening to this. So um, found out your mom's name is Cindy. Yes. And I didn't, I didn't do anything with that. It's one of those things that anybody could have done what I did. But um, I think... I think before I talked to Owen last week, I was like, or maybe it was after, I was like, uh, uh, hey, I wonder what Chris's mom's obituary said. Huh. Right? Yeah. So I searched Cindy Friesen obituary and nothing comes up and I'm searching, trying to find all the Winnipeg Free Press and all these different things, still nothing comes up. And then... Somehow, because we like you had assumed that your mom had passed away from, uh, from a drug overdose. Yeah. Right, and we knew that she she had been involved in drugs. I searched Cindy Freeze and drugs. Still, nothing comes up, right? But there was this like, I don't even know why I clicked on it. And this is where the internet gets to be a pretty deep thing. But I clicked on this one link. And it's to this, it's like a police, I don't know what it is, a police blog or a police website of some kind. And it had some article about um, people who'd been in, involved in drugs and um, other things with the law, right? Yeah. Uh, and I honestly, I didn't even read it, but for some reason I just kind of like skimmed through it. And like, I think I control F'd Cindy, nothing comes up. And it, for some reason, I scrolled to the bottom. And I don't know how many people read this thing, but it was written in 2014. And there was one comment from a guy, and I can't remember the guy's name, but he said, Hey, what about Cynthia Lee Friesen? Something, something, something. Yeah. Still, I, I didn't even put any pieces of the puzzle together. But in August of 2016, so two years after this guy had commented, two years after this article was written, there was just one sentence, grammatically incorrect, and it said, I think Cynthia Lee Friesen was my mom, and all the name was, no, no last name, it just says Owen. Huh. August 2016. 
And I thought about it for a second. I was like, wait a minute. Is Chris's mom's name Cynthia? Cindy is short for Cynthia, yes. Your mom's name is Cynthia. Cynthia Lee Friesen. So from there I thought, ah, I've been searching the wrong thing. Cynthia Lee Friesen obituary. Nothing comes up. And then I thought, man, what if I, like, is there, if, if your mom did, um, was involved in a, a murder of some kind, like, would it come up, right? Yeah. And you'd think it wouldn't because it's like probably like 20 years old and that was like before the internet was a thing. So I searched Cynthia Lee Friesen manslaughter. And then another link came up to the same police website thing. And it's not like an official police thing. But that led me to another link. And I figured it out, man. I figured out exactly what happened, uh, when it happened. I know all that stuff now. That's heavy. Yep. Yep. So that's how I got into what I got into. And now I've got five articles. So I'm going to, I know we kind of jumped ahead to, to how I got to the point and, and figuring some of this stuff out, but I'm going to start with the first newspaper article. And um, I don't know if you want me to read, like they're just short little things. If you want me to read them or just summarize them to you. Um, either or. September 3rd, 1989. It's a legal notice to Cynthia Lee Friesen. And it says, Take notice that an application for guardianship of Christopher Leslie Ross Friesen, born September 28, 1987, will be made by Theodore Friesen and Marianne Friesen in the Court of the Queen's Bench, Winnipeg Center, suite number or whatever. If you don't come to the hearing at on the 6th day of October, then... Um, the judgment will be made in your absence. So, so you would have been, um, not like you would have been not even two years old at this point. Yeah. And I guess your grandparents were trying to take guardianship of you. Yeah. I guess that's what would have happened. Well, that's what happened. The That's next ar- crazy. Yeah. The next article is well, let me just find it here, dude. February sixteenth, nineteen ninety one. So about two years later. Legal notice. And these all like I guess back in the day they put these in the classified section, right? So it's like along with job postings and whatever else. I guess this is the way that you'd notify somebody if there was a legal notice of some kind. Yeah. Okay. Makes sense. Two Cynthia Lee Friesen. New piece of information. Sixty eight Boyle Street. So your mom lived for a period of time at sixty eight Boyle Street. And uh, I drove by it this weekend. I was, uh, I looked at the house, man. I looked at it last week. And I mean, that's what I was asking you too, if you remember your earliest memories. I wonder if you remember this place at all, if you saw it. No, not a chance. But 
take notice that an application for permanent order of guardianship with respect to the child, James Christopher Friesen, born 15th day of July 1990, will be made at the proceeding, whatever, in the courts. Dude, that's your fucking brother. Yeah. That's... You got a brother named James Christopher Friesen. I didn't know his middle name was my first name. That's crazy. And he's like, he's like two years younger than you, man. It's insane. Yeah. So what so, happened to him? I don't know, man. I I tried Facebook messaging um, a bunch of people named James Friesen that live in the Winnipeg area trying to figure out like if it might be one of these guys and no one got back to me, but um just asking like, Hey, do you know, like I said, I'm working on a project. Um Just like, I know this is weird. I don't know you, but what's your middle name and what's your birthday? And no one got back to me. So, well, as far as I knew, when I was told about James, I was told that he wasn't mentally all there. Hmm. Um, but that that was what I was told. So it could have been also a, a cover-up kind of deal, too. Don't really know. So so is James the boy in the photo? Um, no. No. Uh, that was confirmed by my grandmother that that was not my brother at the time when I was a kid. Um, yeah. So, but the, the story goes like me basically asking my grandmother if I had a brother because of that picture. I don't know who that picture was of. I guess, I think the name was Tyler. I remember you said that yeah. Tyler was on the back. Yeah. Um, but I, it must have been like a family friend or like a distant cousin or something because it wasn't my brother at the time. But I don't know how my – yeah, I don't know how my, my grandmother knew that I knew, I guess. Weird sixth sense that I had a brother. I don't know. That's the, so crazy. So that was when you were a kid you asked your grandma – if you had another brother based on that photo and then she did confirm that it was James or that took a while to come out? Oh, uh, she never told me his name. Um, I didn't find out. I, I don't think I found out his name or, you know, maybe she might've told me, but I probably forgot. I mean, I was, I was pretty young when I found that picture. Um, I think that's that picture is the reason why I started getting really snoopy around the house, just looking for clues of, of things. But, um, yeah, uh, that's crazy. I didn't find out that his name was James till like way later in life, like way later. I think, I, I think I didn't find out his name until like around. You know what? It might have even been Keegan that told me his name was James or my aunt. I think it was my aunt. No, no, this had to be before because I remember my grandmother tried to contact me because 
she wanted me to talk to him. So, there's that. So you think your grandma knows where James is? Well, that is a theory that, well, yes. She she came to me, or she came, she called my grandfather, because um, I guess they talk now every so often, and um, she asked him if she could have my phone number, and she knows that my grandfather basically keeps me like I'm in protective custody or something, so she, she he never gave her my phone number, but he called me to say that um, James wanted to get in contact with me. And at the time, uh, my grandfather basically... My grandfather, I guess my grandfather still has quite a big influence on me for some reason. Like, the only person in the world that can, like, mentally change my mind without me knowing it. But he basically did the whole Mennonite brush under the rug thing and just basically told me, like, you don't need to have any connection with this guy. There's no point in contacting him. He's like, do you want to contact him? And I'm like, well, to one of two things could be happening here. Either my grandmother is trying to just get a ploy for me to talk to her. Cause she's always wanted me to like reconnect and whatnot and make amends for all the bad things she did. Uh, or it's true. And he does want to talk to me, but my grandfather wouldn't take either of those sides really. And just, he's just basically told me straight up like, no, there's no point in trying to talk to this guy. So that's, what i did i just kind of left it i was like she's probably just trying to you know talk to me and get me out of my shell or unless she wants something or something like that oh boy um so is james the son of the lady that you're trying to get in contact with no um james do you think James is your full brother? Don't know that either. Hmm. Um, there's not much, again, not much talked about. And actually, nobody knows. I don't think just, I just don't think anybody knows what's going on with him. Other than apparently my grandmother. Um, what I, I, which I don't understand why she would know. Um, I was told he was given to the church and that was it. How true that is too. I have no idea. Hmm. Well, they applied for legal guardianship of him. So my grandparents did well, not necessarily. It doesn't say that your grandparents are the ones that are making that. They're not the ones who, who made the plea. Right or, or like, yeah, they're just being applied for. for it. They they were in the first article. It doesn't mean that they're not in this one because it's the same. Um, it's the same lawyer for both. And I googled that guy. That guy's still practicing. He is elderly. Okay, like he's got to be in his late seventies, I would guess. Um. Pfft. I don't know, man. The thing is, would if James was uh, given off to someone else, wouldn't he not keep the Friesen last name? Wouldn't that be like 
part of that deal. I don't know how that works. I don't know. I don't. I the only person who might know is either your aunt or your grandma. So I don't know if you can. My aunt, know. my aunt knows nothing. Then, if you do end up talking to your grandma, um, it's worth it's worth asking her about if you want to. Yeah, you know, I, I've been thinking about this uh, quite a bit and trying to figure out because not only because I don't have her phone number, and the only person that does my my grand uh, my aunt almost had it, but she doesn't have call display. So she didn't know who called her, but my the only person that would have it would be my grandfather. I guess my cu- my uncle would have it too, but I don't think like if I even ask him, then my grandfather will know. Basically, there's a hurdle that I have to get around is talking to my grandfather why I want to talk to her now. Mm-hmm. And it's been so long that I feel like he will be kind of emotionally disturbed by me changing my mind out of the blue because I'm already asking questions and as soon as anybody asks questions in my family they want to know why you're asking an hand quote abnormal question so I'm just trying to figure out a way to do this with also not hurting him in some way yeah that's understandable and it's the tough thing is that like all this information is is technically public, right? Like yeah. these are these are Winnipeg Free Press articles that you get on, like get from the library or a news archive, and it's it's tough. It's tough stuff that we're we're talking about, and it's accessible. That's the thing. So it's like it's understandable if you start asking your grandpa questions and say like. I'm a grown man. I, I, I've been curious about my life and my past, and I discovered this stuff. Like the, that's why I was saying the internet's a powerful thing. Yeah, yeah. You know, but some of it's like just so sensitive to to talk about with anyone. It's tough to talk about. It's tough for me to talk about it with you. I'm sure it's tough for people to listen to it, and it's tough for you to to be on the receiving end of it, right? And then it's your your grandpa, if you're relaying information to him and saying, hey, grandpa, I found out about this, this, and this, and that's why I'm curious, it's not going to be easy for him to relive any of those memories. No. Um, the thing about my grandfather is we spent so much time uh, growing up that and just being so well him being so depressed about the whole situation about about money um, he didn't really talk to me I guess he tried to just save me the grief of trying to talk to me about it I mean I would see him cry all the time so like it's not like I didn't know but he recently like not recently but like the past like decade I would say maybe even way less than that but he started like when I moved away his dream was always that I would I would have the house that we grew up in like that would be my house I had a boat uh and it was just like all that stuff would be mine and I think I broke him a little bit um 
by actually moving away. And um, this is like skipping far ahead, but he was he was pretty pretty hurt um, for the longest time, and then I was away and I was gone, and he um, he started fixing up the house to sell it, and he had sold the boat, so he kind of like gave up well it seemed like he kind of like gave up hope on me that i was you know just you know gonna i don't know be a part of his life or save him or some something like that i don't know um but he he got better he he got as soon as he sold the house and he moved away he lives in like a one of those elderly like 55 plus buildings and he was just like happy and he has like he never went on trips like like he was always like i don't have enough money i don't have anything to like i can't go on trips anywhere and he like i was working this is when i was back in winnipeg i was working in a shoe store and he came to see me because he was going to hawaii um but he needed shoes but he has he had polio so one of his feet feet is is uh kind of misshaped so we couldn't find him anything and he was so depressed that he could not find shoes that he was like you know what i'm just gonna cancel the trip uh, i'm just not gonna go blah 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 i can't wear shoes i'm like no dude you have to go like you wanted to go on a trip like this all the time uh for a long time and uh so um he went and he 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 had found somebody that he was like he was with um she's a really nice lady um and they would do travels together and it it finally feels like he's in a in a place in his life where he is happy and i think that's a lot of it is is stopping me from bringing up anything from the past because i feel like if i bring up any of that old stuff if i bring up mom if i bring up grandma and the the, the crap growing up we had and and uh james it's just going to bring him back to like a place he doesn't want to be in and his his friend that he's he's been with for a while his traveling partner i'll call her uh she had a stroke so she's not doing well and they can't travel and i just i don't know how i feel right now about bringing up painful memories to him yeah, man, I I don't think we should. I think sometimes it's better to move on from stuff. Um, yeah, because, I, I mean, I've been thinking about it a lot, like talking to my grandmother and stuff. And if, I mean, I could, the thing is, if I go, uh, like anything that's happening, that would happen, if I found her phone number and I talked to her, she's going to talk to my grandfather. She's going to, I can almost feel like she's just going to throw that victory flag in the air and just like go all out. She's that type of evil human. Um, I don't know. So this is this is the battle that is in my head right now. Some things are better left the way they are. You know, some things. Sometimes it's better to have closure on something and move on. Yeah, you don't always have to revisit. So. 
it's yeah some of the stuff that we're going to talk about it's tough man like i've been wondering i'm like should we even talk about this shit i mean yeah we should but we knew well we both knew that some of this stuff was going to be heavy like the 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 beginning of like my actual like stories about my mother and stuff and like not knowing it's heavy and uh when you get results like you have found it's uh it's pretty intense but it's answers that i didn't have before yeah hopefully hopefully it provides some kind of closure to your life in a way where you i think all of our like all of us are are so shaped by our experiences that when you can be introspective and understand what you've gone through and where you've come from and reflect on that it can put you in a better place but sometimes you have to go through some pretty thick mud uh to come out on the other side you know to get onto that green grass and it's it's gonna be pretty thick you know yeah before we get into this one thing another thing i've been thinking about that's kind of a a side not to digress too much but you're in this super interesting position and i can't commend you enough for it because you know a lot of people aren't willing to expose themselves right and like you're you're being as honest and truthful and just laying out um laying out your life story and and being vulnerable to the world like when we started doing this thing we joked we're like oh i hope one person listens to it you know, and now there are people around the world that are listening to this podcast, which is so crazy. Um, but it's interesting. And that, like, that's one thing to, to expose yourself to the world and be vulnerable. But the other side of it is that, like, we, we work in a very tight environment where everyone knows each other. And there, there are 300 people, right? But everybody yeah. is, is pals. And, your willingness to expose yourself to people like that is, um, I mean, that's not a quality that, that a lot of people have, right? Yeah. It's, um, at first when we did it, it's like, I don't really care if people know, I mean, it's, I don't need to hide anything. It's like, I don't really care if people know, I don't really care what people think of me. So, I don't really like that's my was my kind of my my thought process going into it was like sure I'll tell these stories because I've told them before and people have been interested so I feel like more people might be interested um but also there there are good and there's some bad and there's some sad but I don't really care what people their opinions if, if people don't like it they don't have to listen if people do like it well cool uh that's fine too but I have been getting some feedback and it's it's been mo- it's well actually all the feedback has been positive um thus far um and it and and I feel different now than when I first started this with you um I don't the initial feelings aren't different but I just I feel like I feel more 
Like I, I, I don't really know how to express it though. Maybe you feel like more fulfilled or something, just kind of being able to, to expose yourself and be comfortable with it. I'm, I mean, um, I've always been comfortable with it. I, I just think, I don't know. It's, it's kind of hard to explain. Yeah, man. I, I was, I was listening to, I think it was Rogan the other day. And he was talking about, um, he was talking about people who've been through lots and he's just like, I don't understand how those people come out on the other side. And all of the things that he was mentioning were things that we had talked about, like just really obscure situations. And he's like, it's absolutely impossible for anyone to ever come out and be like a well-rounded and uh, normal person, well-adjusted to the world. And it's like, it was serendipitous listening to it because it's, it's you, right? And that's, I mean, I'm glad to hear that you feel, you're feeling... I don't want to be cheesy and say whole, but you're feeling just like you're discovering a, a new side of yourself or coming out of your shell, whatever it is. But it's uh, it's pretty good, man. I'm glad. Yeah, like some of the comments from the people we work with, it's like, first of all, I'm not a very, I wouldn't say I'm a sociable person. I mean, it might look that way when I'm talking to the people that we work with because like, I have to see them every day, but... I mean, when people come to say, like, oh, man, you're a rock star, how do you feel? I'm just like, well, I don't feel like a rock star. I don't think that was the point. Um, I don't know. Like, I just feel normal. Like, I think that's how I thought I would feel through it was I would just be telling these stories and I would just I wouldn't feel really any different. I, I think the reason why I feel different is um, people's reactions, though. Um like some people that I would have never have thought of that I would have conversations with have been listening and just like, just like loving it basically. Uh, I don't know. Just feels a little strange, I guess. I don't know what I'm feeling. Well, dude, you, you're a humble guy and you've got so much humility. I think that's, that's what it is. Um, you, you're just a, a good dude. If the the thing about that is the people closest to me and and some of the people that we work with um, either caught on or I've told them that I deal with stressful situations by making a joke out of everything. It's pretty much um, it's either a really bad idea or a really good idea. I don't know. I still do it though. I think that's how I've coped with many things. Uh, <laughs> So, I don't know. Well, you ready to uh, to get into the next part here? Yeah, let's uh, let's let's trek forward. Okay, this is this is some heavy shit, dude. Lay it on me. March fourteenth, nineteen ninety four. The article's called. Stabbing justified? The question mark. An elderly Winnipeg man died from a stab wound to his heart. The same day he got his old age pension check. A jury was told yesterday. 
During his opening statement, Crown Attorney Neil Cutler said the identity of the killer of Paul Pishebeniki isn't the main issue the jury will have to determine in the two-week trial. Um, It goes on and on. It's basically what they want to determine is why this happened. It's not what happened, it's why it happened. Cynthia Friesen has pleaded not guilty to second-degree murder. Peshebninsky was discovered in his Pacific Avenue apartment on January 28, 1994, and taken to Health Sciences Center where he died. So your mom was, was 23 at the time. And uh, the guy was 67. March 15th, 1994. So the next day another article came out. Self-defense claim in stabbing cited. Um, So I guess your mom claimed self-defense. It was... Uh, after her, I guess Cynthia Friesen said in a statement after her arrest in January 1994 that it was Paul Peshebininsky who came at her with a knife after he paid her $20 for sexual intercourse and couldn't complete the act. She said she wrestled the knife away and stabbed him in self-defense. To the heart. Yep. So that's that's kind of it. But what we, that's it for that that part of it. And and she ended up going to jail for for two years for that crime. And what uh, what we found out, or what was confirmed through uh another article that that came out like 7 years later is that your mom was was in, involved as a a sex trade worker that's crazy and so what this is kind of what that article the first article i discovered this is what it had talked about it said I think it came out in 2013 or whatever it was, 2014, and it said it was talking about people who were in this cycle that they call 24-7. And what 24-7 is, is that they said a lot of people who get involved in drugs um, end up having to resort to finding means to get money to buy drugs. And it yeah. becomes a vicious cycle because it's just 24-7. That's what you're doing. You're trying to get your next hit, obviously, for drugs, but you're trying to find a way to get the drugs. Sounds familiar. So then we've got... What's this one? The next article. So I guess your mom went to jail for for two years. And this is me p- piecing together the timeline. She was 24. She was 23, 
23, 23 or 24, I guess, when the murder happened, um, you would have been, you were like grade one. Around there, grade one, grade two. Yeah. And so your mom went to, to jail. Yeah, I don't know exactly when, but let's say from 94 or 95 until 96 or 97, right? Okay. I think, this is what I'm guessing. I'm just guessing. I think that when she got out of jail, based on the timeline, if it was March of, let's say you were 8, and it was March of 94, and she and, and your kidnapping was around the time when you were like 9 or 10 years old, grade 4. Yeah. You would have been 9, yeah, 9 or 10. Um that's like two years on the money because you said, I remember it being spring and it melting. <sighs> right? So she might have like got out yeah. of jail uh, and wanted to come get you, take you back. And then I, who knows? Like, I don't know anything after that, obviously, but that makes sense for a timeline. That's so crazy. So there's not really anything. Um, there's not anything else until 2001. So July 21st, 2001. Do you, do you want me to read the the title? Yeah, let's let's keep going here. Air quotes. Pathetic. Lifestyle lands Hooker in jail. More than six years after she was acquitted of stabbing an elderly John uh, to death, a Winnipeg prostitute is still living the same pathetic lifestyle the courts were told yesterday. Cynthia Friesen pleaded guilty yesterday to trafficking cocaine and will learn the length of her jail sentence on Monday. The Crown is seeking a term in excess of two years. Um, keep going. Friesen was arrested in May after trying to proposition sex from an undercover Winnipeg police officer. And then, like, the, I guess one of the prosecutors said, um, she has a very difficult background. This would demonstrate just how far she's fallen. In 1995, they found her not guilty for the stabbing death of the 67-year-old man. Um, during the recent drug buy, so this is what she was taken in for in July, uh, the undercover officer asked Friesen if she could get him some dope, the court was told yesterday. Friesen agreed and went inside a Sherbrooke Street home. She returned moments later and showed the officer the rock of cocaine inside of her mouth. Police moved in to arrest her as Friesen attempted to swallow the cocaine. The police officers managed to wrestle uh, several small fragments from her mouth. Oh, that's crazy. So she... It doesn't say how long she went to jail for. What I do know is that 
I'm guessing it's I'm guessing it's five years because Owen told me that your mom spent seven years in total in prison, and that's what Ray had told him. Yeah. And that's all we know, man. There's I couldn't find an obituary. Um, that's that's all I could find. That's a lot to take in. Yeah. And I talked to. So I told you I talked to Mickey and Owen. Yeah. Um, I mean. Mickey, Mickey doesn't know anything. Good guy too, man. Really good guy. Yeah. Um, he was a good friend growing up. He remembers you the same way. He called you. He said we were best friends. We were inseparable. And I said, do you do you know his mom? Do you remember his mom? And he said, yeah, I think I met her like only once or twice, but I. What I remember is that she was like super upbeat, nice, and really outgoing, and that's it. Yeah, that's her. Um, I didn't know any of this when I had talked to to Owen and Mickey, so I'm just listening to their stories when when they were telling it. Uh, Mickey also said that he remembers he remembers your your aunt and she would always take you around and take you places. And he just, he had tons of great things to say about your aunt. (laughs) Yeah. Up front. She's nice behind the scenes. She's terrifying. (laughs) (laughs) And then hit your grandpa. So we, when we first started talking, you know, I, I told both Mickey and Owen, I said, if there's anything you don't want to talk about, just like stop don't like you don't have to just say stuff for the sake of saying stuff so um the one thing that we didn't talk too much about was when your grandpa and his mom were dating yeah but he did have an interesting perspective about your grandpa so that's how i found out it's all these little pieces of the puzzle i found out that your grandpa's name is ted yes well short for Theodore. These are all the things that helped me confirm those newspaper articles, right? Yeah. He said that your grandpa, um, y- your grandpa was, a, like, is, was, is, uh, a, a good man and that he, he, like, his exact words were, yeah, he, he worked his ass off for Chris and he just, he, like, he loved Chris so much and, um, Sometimes he had a, a stubborn and strong personality. Like I think he said something like Ted's a he's a pretty pretty firm guy or he's pretty stubborn, but he said he did everything he did. He worked so hard for you. And and it was interesting because he I think it's tougher when, when somebody's looking from the outside in, it's always easy to see the way a relationship is and and from the inside out, that relationship can look different, right? So your your relationship with your grandpa is obviously you're related by blood, but it's going to be different than the way Mickey views him. Um, but Mickey, 
Mickey has a lot of respect for your, your grandpa and, and maybe he has different insight about what your grandpa did for you or, or does, has done for you, but he just, um, he just said he, he really thinks that, that your grandpa cares a lot for you. I, I do believe that he does. And I, I do care for him a lot too. It's just that, um, we share the same trait of being super stubborn. And I mean that I get it from him a hundred percent. Like he is stubborn to the bone and he's also, he always had to be right. Always, no matter what it was, um, he would complain about his friends all the time. Like he like, Oh, his, one of his best friends was our neighbor. And uh, he'd be like, Oh, Rudy doesn't know what he's talking about, blah, blah, blah. And this is like all the time. So like that is a big, big thing or big reason why we didn't get along very well is I was an angsty teen and he was always had to be right. And he was very stubborn. And that, that kind of led to our like falling out. So um, we did grow out of that though, to a point. To this day, we can't be in a room for very long without wanting to kill each other. So we we tolerate each other in short bursts. We do care about each other. Um, it's just uh, it's just hard for us to be in a room together for a very long time. So I think like the relationship between teenagers and, and parents is always an interesting dynamic, right? And I think that you probably had that relationship with your grandpa where like teenagers feel like their parents don't understand them or they want to lash out because you're, you're developing and you're exploring the world and finding all these new things. Yeah. And nobody likes to be disciplined when they're a teenager, right? Like you want to just do, do whatever you want to do. And I think it's hard. Like it's, I mean, grandpa was born in a different generation than, than even like your mom or like my parents were, were born in. Right. And, um, everybody's got, got a different outlook based on the way that they view either parenting or rules and things like that. And it's understandable that he would have had, he would have been trying to do what he thought was best for you, but it sounds like there were obviously some clashes. Um, definitely clashes. Understandable though. Right. I, yeah, I I was just an evil kid. And the stuff that got to me got to me worse and worse. And I just couldn't. I had to get out. So I did. Well, I also got, got other insight from Owen about some stuff. Okay. And this this is some of the things were interesting. Um, Owen and I talked about a lot of different things. Man, that that kid means well. I can tell he means well. He's just he needs some. He needs a little bit of guidance. He needs somebody to. to I think put the hand on the rudder and steer the ship in the right direction for him. I think um, he definitely has the freezing in him because. Like, 
everybody this is a this is definitely a, a family thing is where we're all very very great up front and we have to be or when we have to be but we can be fairly evil too i think yeah. this is like i don't know how to get that that kind of like that point across but well dude i mean i'm also going to be as rational and objective as possible yeah uh, my my sample set is a phone conversation of 47 minutes <laughs> right i don't yeah. think that you can get to know somebody at a level deep enough to know every level of what they're like but i get but, the sense that he wants to do the right thing i and i completely believe him he just um, doesn't know how or where to start yeah and the stubbornness and the anger that most of my family has it prevents us from seeing <laughs> correctly or seeing the right path sometimes and i feel like the relationship i've had with my grandfather he has with his father too because his father has tried to help him many times and it's just always ended up not working so that's as much as i know on that part but yeah well i mean i told him stuff about you just like he doesn't he feels like he barely knows you i told him that you're into gaming and some of the stuff like that and um you know he it just sounded like he looks up to you it's like you're his big brother and he knows that right um I was asking him about what he thought about your grandpa. And this is kind of some of the stuff that's interesting. So he said, oh, my grandpa Walter. <laughs> yeah. And, and I said, wait, dude, Walter is your grandpa's brother. And he's like, no, Walter is my grandpa. So that's obviously, things too. obviously a different. Wait a minute. Hold on. Hold on. Are we talking about the same Walter? There might be a different one. He said that Walter is Ray's dad. Ray's dad's name is Walter. Hmm. Okay, so this is where I, I get confused when I'm talking to Keegan, because she always brings up Walter, and I'm like, you mean Grandpa's brother, right? And I don't think she knows. I don't I don't think she... Yeah, I don't think she knows <laughs> the difference. So this is where the confusion gets uh, comes from. So... He, he was talking about Walter, and I said, oh, your grandpa's brother, your grandpa Ted. And he's like, Ted, 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 I don't, I don't think I know, I don't have a grandpa Ted. <laughs> so he doesn't even, like, know your grandpa, man. He knows your grandma, but he doesn't know your grandpa. Yeah, um, this was weird. Because when I talk to Keegan, she's the same way. And it makes sense that Ray isn't a big fan. Keegan and Owen's dad. Of your grandpa, Ted. Yeah. He doesn't, they don't, they never got along. Uh, Ray does not like him at all. Um, he's never spoken to me about it. Um, but from what I get from Owen and Keegan... Yeah, definitely not a big fan. And kind of what you've told me today kind of makes sense. Like, Keegan was hinting towards something, 
and I kind of think I figured it out in my head just now. Well, earlier, but I am—I can't be for certain. So, um, what do you think? I'll just Keegan think was hinting at. Keegan always, um, when we talk about mom, because we we talk about her and like we try to like just you know find common ground, and uh, she she's not fond of she says that grandpa my grandpa ted is not a good man and i'm like well he's trying like he didn't have a good past but he's trying right now and he's doing well but she still refuses to forgive him for something and she always brings up well there's something i want to tell you but like my dad's here and i can't tell you and like i just it's just not something. And the thing is, she tells me everything. So her to keep something secret like that is kind of crazy. Hmm. But what it sounds like to me is that my grandfather, Ted, uh, probably knew about my mom's prostitution, being a prostitute. And I think Ray won't forgive him because he knew and he didn't do anything about it. I think that is what Keegan wants to tell me. I mean, eventually I'll get it out of her, but I think that's what it is. Yeah, because, I mean, you you had no clue, right? I had no clue. I had no idea. Although, it kind of, like, when she got out of jail for the second time, um, and when... She was staying with um, my aunt or my, and my Oma. I guess maybe it was just my aunt at this point, now that I'm thinking about it. But my grandfather said, be very careful. Stay, like, don't touch anything she touches. And I'm just like, what? Why? And then she's got one of the hep alphabets. And I'm just like, oh, okay. Uh, I don't know what that is, really, at the time. So I just agreed. So I feel like he knew. And I think that's why Ray doesn't like him is because he knew and he didn't do anything about it to stop it. And Ray must have told Keegan. Hmm. That's but my I mean, theory. Ray. Theory. It's kind of hypocritical, though. I don't know Ray, but like Ray could have done something. Yes. And Ray, I'm, I'm pretty sure that Ray has known my mother growing up. And, yes, that would be completely hypocritical. But, again, I don't know the full story. So I don't know what happened, who said what, who did what. So, just me putting a theory together in my head. Hmm. Well, I talked to Owen about about some other stuff, too. So I asked him, I asked him uh, about Keegan. And he said he doesn't really know Keegan that well. I thought they lived together, but um, like for a while, younger. yeah. But he he's like I've only like met her eight times. That's not true. So I don't know. Maybe I misunderstood. They, maybe because they recently lived together. Like the last time I talked to, no, not the last time, but before she told me that Owen had moved back in. Again, she's a kid. Maybe she just met he. She just meant that he was staying there for like a night or something like that. But um, 
yeah, they lived together for a long time, and she always gets mad at him because he never calls her. So well, I don't know. They probably, maybe he just doesn't feel as close to her because of the age gap, right? Like there's a having a six year age gap, six or seven. Owen's twenty now, and she's thirteen. So he may feel the same way I felt when I was younger. Who knows? That might be the same exact thing. Like when I was younger, I never thought I was good enough to talk to them. I never thought I was good enough to be their brother. Um, and that was pretty much a, like a large part that prevented me from ever talking to them. That and my grandfather drilling into my brain that I should just ignore them. But, um, Maybe that's how he feels, that he's done this kind of stuff that he's not proud of, and he doesn't want to know her. I don't know. This is just me talking on my ass, but me knowing my family kind of works that way. Yeah. Owen was also saying that I asked him a little bit about, um, like, if he knew if your mom was involved in and drugs at all and he he knew um he knew that she was and he said that like i think he knew that she was doing drugs intravenously at one time uh because he said oh i'd see scabs like on her arms and legs and that kind of thing but then he said she got clean for like 10 years so maybe that was i don't know if it would have been 10 years who knows but um a period of time she was trying to be clean. And then I asked him if she ever did drugs around him. Like we had talked a little bit about, we talked about the exorcism and he doesn't remember because he said he was too young. Uh, we talked about getting beat up, like Owen getting beat up in front of your mom and he doesn't remember that. But he remembers when he was like around 15, he said that I guess your mom was living with your grandma at that time and Owen yes that would have been like five years ago Owen uh, Owen said your mom was there he was there and he'd go there and hang out and be watching TV and stuff and he said when your grandma would go out um, he could he could hear the lighter flicking like your mom would just kind of go around the corner and he said that she was um, like smoking crack and he knew, um, like, she wouldn't get high in front of him, but she would do drugs in his presence, and it just kind of was never talked about. Yeah. It's a little crazy. Yeah. And then the last the last piece of the, the pie, um, we talked about when your mom had passed away. And I guess Owen was living relatively close to where she was staying. So I guess she was she was living at the Salvation Army. Huh. And so he and I were talking and I said like I was asking him if it if it's tough. He he had a roommate and um like we didn't get into too much depth about it, but he had a, a roommate and he used to wander down the street and he'd see your mom walking on the street sometimes and uh, 
he'd stop and talk to her and he said he'd buy her a coffee and give her some smokes and uh they'd have a conversation go for a walk together and he'd he'd see her now and again but you know i was asking him if it was hard knowing that he had a roof over his head but his mom didn't and he he said he never really thought about it too much but he he ended up seeing your mom two days before she passed away. So he ran into her and um, we didn't talk too much about what would happen when that happened, but he's, it sounded like it was just the same normal conversation. And I asked him, I said, did your mom pass away from from drugs? Was it an overdose or do you know what happened? And he said, well that's what I figure. And that's, that's kind of what a lot of people figure. Um, but Ray doesn't think that's what happened. Yeah. Ray doesn't, I don't know what Ray thinks, why he thinks it even, I don't really want to talk to him, but yeah. Well, take it, take it for what it is. This is what Owen said. So, um, I guess, I guess your mom had, leukemia and she was going through chemo treatments and Owen said that like Ray Ray thinks that she just kind of her, her body gave in eventually because of going through treatments and so it was just all the chemo that's what, what she ended up passing away from that was Ray's theory yes that's what he told me and told Keegan and uh, I don't know if it's the truth because no one in my family knew that she had leukemia. Um, and that's a really weird thing because any little problem she had that she needed money for or something, she would come to us or my my aunt anyway. Um because when I told my aunt about it, and and this is the thing about my mom is like she always had these get better schemes. It set, it felt, and she would call my aunt and she'd be like, "Oh, hey, you know what? I'm gonna do this thing where I'm gonna get better, and it's gonna be really good. It's gonna be this long. Um, these are the how I'm gonna do the results." And in the end, when she's got her all, my aunt all a pep, she's like, "Oh, but I need money for it." And then my aunt would be like, "Well." The, the money tree is, uh, has dried up. I have no more money for it. And that happened quite often. And um, uh, I just don't... I just She just never told my family that she had leukemia. Like, did Owen know? Did you ask him? He, he said that he knew. He knew that she had leukemia? Yeah. Okay. So it's possible. That's, he said that he knew, and he knew that she was going for treatments. So, again, take it for what it's worth, because I, I don't know, like, I don't know where the truth lies, um, but he, it sounded like he knew, and he'd see her regularly, and he said, yeah, she was going through treatments for a while, and so, huh. yeah. I always thought when I heard that, if that were true... Wouldn't she have to notify me and Owen? 
and Keegan, uh, so we could get tested. Isn't that how that works? I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. I don't think so. I think that it's just you just live the way you live, right? Like it's not. There's no mandatory test if if that's the case. Okay, so it's not like genetic. I I don't know enough to comment about that, but um. Yeah, that's I don't know. That's that was my understanding, but I, I maybe it's just some theory I made up in my head just to rule out the leukemia one though or the situation. I don't know. So that's what I got, man. That's a whole lot of heavy. Dude, I've been not looking forward to telling you and sharing this with you, but felt it was important. I've been thinking for almost a week since I first read this stuff. I'm like, how do I even approach this? Yeah, I mean, again, it's heavy for me, but also heavy for you to to relay the message. I've been feeling good about it, man. I'll tell you that. Like it's, uh, it's been weird because it's like I, I try to be like totally honest and transparent with you, but it's like I knew this information last week and I was sitting on it, and I'm just like, it's just weird to know it and to not let you know it, or you know. You know, it's kind of crazy to think about that. I'm so tech savvy, and I've never just thought of looking it up I know huh so now a lot to digest obviously but uh, I think we're we're at the point where we can start talking Gimli next time um, or not next time I think what we're gonna do so for everybody listening episode 8 we're gonna do uh, Q&A so if you want to send in questions to, uh, like, just DM us through our Instagram account, uh, at Character Podcast, or comment on a photo, whatever you want to do, uh, pop us a note, as many questions as you have, as you want. I've got a ton of questions um, that I want to ask Chris, and then anybody who has any questions, at Character Podcast on Instagram, um, we'll just rifle them off one by one, and... Hopefully Chris can provide some answers and we can move on to the next chapter. Yeah, like, uh, for any questions, just, like, don't hold back. <laughs> Literally don't hold back. If you think you're going to hurt my feelings or if you think I, I told something wrong and you want to know something specific, anybody, even you, Ben, just hammer. I, it's not going to, it's not going to make me mad or something like that Chris Friesen I'm pretty sure that after reading these newspaper articles to you uh, I won't have a problem asking you any questions uh, yeah yeah it's a lot to soak in went appliance shopping this weekend. 
I was looking at fridges and stoves, dishwashers. And I walked into this one store. I was wearing a, a toque, a little black toque. Looks kind of like a bank robber toque. I was also wearing some ripped jeans, kind of like a tattered t-shirt and some dirty sneakers. I had one of my kids with me. But I felt judged. I just wasn't treated fairly. I was trying to get prices on things and the guy just kept haggling me and trying to make me pay more than the, the list price. And after I left it dawned on me. If I was wearing a suit, something tailored, something that fit my body, something that made me look slim and trim, fit and polished, I probably would have got a deal. Not even a good guy deal. I would have got one of those deals where people treat you like royalty. If you don't want to be judged like me, go to F Apparel. Get yourself a nice, fine-fitting suit. This is the way it goes down. F Apparel has a ton of fabrics, wide selection of fits and finishes, and they do custom menswear. So basically, if you have a, a wedding or you wear a suit to the office, or even if you just want to run in the park wearing a suit, you go on F's website or you can go down and visit one of their stores and uh, put in your measurements. And they do these like made-to-order made to custom-fitting suits that will honestly make your body look... Uh, there's nothing like a good-fitting suit. They'll make you look way more polished and proper. And You see... Getting the suit fit is one thing, picking out the fabrics is another, but the service F Apparel has is unparalleled to anyone else. So uh, go check them out, ephapparel.com. That's fapparel.com. Use promo code CHARACTER and uh, get 20% off your next order. So go check them out. Use promo code CHARACTER, fapparel.com. They'll hook you up. Production assistance this week by Samurai Guitarist. So the Samurai man, he's uh, he's a beauty. He's always got great insight into giving us little production tips and techniques. Uh, he he gives us good insight into how we can continue to improve upon the the things we're doing. Uh, we know the sound quality is not the greatest. We know the editing is not the greatest. We know the production is not the greatest uh totally recognize it but having a resource like like the samurai man himself samurai guitarist the youtube star uh huge huge help and we can't thank him enough so do us a favor go subscribe to his youtube page 
uh, check him out latest video up he, he's he does all these different videos so he's got this one sweet video um, that he did this week and it's it's insightful it talks about the history of, of band names and it's kind of a cool little five minute piece of music history uh, so he's not always doing videos where he's just playing music and, and guitar he he has lots of great tools if you do play music uh, videos if you just want to listen to to cool versions of popular songs that he does his own thing with um, and then he does his own vlog series where he just talks about music related stuff and gives people insightful tidbits of knowledge so go check him out samurai guitarist on youtube subscribe appreciate it a lot intro music by delicate beats and uh theme music is by me and molly so go check out me and molly online uh, they just dropped their new record on itunes buy it support them theme music is called disappear and last but not least thanks so much to everybody for listening um big big help would be if you you're already subscribed if you haven't reviewed one is better than zero we we appreciate every review that we get so um every subscription every listen every review if you do feel altruistic and you want to continue to to pay it forward and and help us out ask a friend to to have a listen get them to subscribe and leave a review just one person text email call it takes 15 seconds follow through with it and hit that subscribe button on itunes pop a review five stars one star we don't care uh we just appreciate that you're listening and we appreciate any honest feedback Last thing is there's a sweet initiative that NPR did. It's called Tripod. So hashtag Tripod. Um, It's to help get your friends listening to more podcasts. People who don't listen, who have never heard of a podcast or never listened. Share your favorite podcast, whether it's character. uh, Everybody's got a bunch they listen to, I'm sure. If you're you're a big podcaster, uh, fan of podcasts. Use, ha- use hashtag tripod, uh, share through Instagram, through Twitter, through Facebook, and uh, just let people know what podcasts are and sh- show them what your favorites are. So, although we love doing this podcast, uh, one of my personal favorite podcasts is I've uh, got tons that I listen to. One of my personal favorites is, uh, is Reply All by Gimlet Media. So, if you haven't checked out PJ Vote and Alex Goldman. They do a show called Reply All, and it's from Gimlet Media. Go subscribe to it. They uh, they put out some serious content. Great storytellers, and it's a podcast about the internet. Um, every time they drop, it's uh, it's a real treat. Short commitment. They're about half hour to forty minute episodes, and uh, you can't go wrong. Thanks again. We'll see you next week.